The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Yes, sir. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. If you like this show, I encourage you to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Maybe leave us a comment or a review. That would be cool. It is the podcast where we tell the stories of our city through the voices of our city. I have a vibrant and enthusiastic voice here this morning. She's already putting me to shame because, as I already revealed, I'm on my first coffee, kids. Let it kick in. Let it uh, marinate there for a minute. But uh, I'll get there. Her name is Kristen Standish. She is the CEO of Grapevine Shops, which she'll tell you is a curated group of women and minority-owned businesses who sell consumer goods, all kind of cool stuff like pretzels and candles. And we're going to talk about chocolates and hot sauce and pickles. Oh, my God. It's all great stuff. Kristen, welcome to... The virtual studio. How are you this morning? Good morning. There Thanks you go. That's loud fun. and clear. And how has your pandemic been as we stretch into day 360 something of this crisis? Well, I have to tell you, and I don't want to sound like the opposite voice here, but mm. it has been very good for my family and for me and career wise and just personally. I live on this tiny peninsula. And I don't think I ever turned left, which means to go into the peninsula and the island and enjoy. I only turned right every day to drive into Boston and sit in traffic for an hour every day Mm. and each way. And so this summer, I was supposed to go to Greece with my family, Mm. a family reunion. Mm. And of course, the trip got canceled. And I had a little nest egg in the bank for the trip. And I said, you know what? I'm going to learn to sail this summer. Really? myself a sailboat. I bought myself a little captain man that taught me how to sail. <laughs> and I sailed for 70 days. Wait a minute. Water. You you learned from Captain Dan from the Forrest Gump movie? That's who it was? <laughs> Might as well have been. No, he's a <laughs> celestial navigator from Harvard who found himself not working in the summer as well. So I hired him to teach me to sail. I got my Royal Yachting Association day skipper license I sailed 70 days on my new sailboat and I loved it and got my daughter into it. And we just had the most phenomenal summer. I worked on our new business, which was pretty exciting because it gave me the chance to work from home, which I've never done in my life Mm. and recognize, you know, that the world had changed drastically. And so had our business. So it was actually a really great transition. And, you know, other than my daughter, not being able to socialize with her friends. She's finally back at school. You know, that was the biggest challenge was, you know, trying to keep a small child entertained and educated. So you seem very happy and you've done great things and fulfilling things during the pandemic. So we all hate you. No, I know. That's why I hate saying that. I did not lose out any weight, however, and any other self-improvement projects really did not go as planned. So I'm 15 pounds heavier, just like everybody else, maybe 20. (laughs) So I'll give myself that. Yeah. I I don't care for these people that took the 
pandemic as an opportunity to get in shape. Who do you think you are? When the rest of us are inside miserable eating Oreos and peanut butter. And well, that's what I've been doing. So good on you for the sailing. That's cool. I've always been more a Gilligan than Skipper. I, I, the one time I tried to sail, I was the one in the group that capsized me and a friend. And it's pretty embarrassing when you're on a, a boat that almost isn't, is impossible to sink. And yet we managed to, I, I never get the winds coming this way. So the sails got to be over here and then the rudder and there were too many things to remember but it seems like well, a ca- learning a whole new language actually right. learning a language and and learning all the you know the reading charts and latitude and longitude let alone the stuff that's going on in your boat you need to know what's going on you know with the seas the tides the wind it's a lot especially if you're old like we are trying to learn yes. something new at, you know you're younger than me but trying to learn something new at 50 was challenging yeah, I'm not so sure I'm younger than you, but thank you. But <laughs> so, so, and did you learn a couple of sea shanties along the way? That comes with the package deal, oh, right? <laughs> you know, I didn't learn too many sea shanties, but my my sailing instructor is a beautiful singer. So I did get to listen to him sing. It was quite lovely. This guy seems like uh, the greatest guy in the world. It, this sounds like a movie. So it was a pandemic. <laughs> what was I going to do? And I found this old grizzled man of the, the sea who also apparently knows how to sing anyway. So, so very cool stuff. And which brings us to grapevine. So you and I are both veterans of the publishing world. You at Boston mag, me at lawyers weekly. We've both since graduated from that and we've both had to find something creative to do. This sounds like that certainly fills the bill. So tell us about the inspiration for this and what it's all about. Sure. So I left the illustrious world of local publishing, I think just in the nick of time. Sadly, every publication that I have worked for, and I'm going to list them quickly because it's pretty impressive if I do say so. (laughs) Right, right. So I started off at the Boston Phoenix. Oh, yeah. Back in the day, it was just incredible having, you know, the opportunity to work for Stephen Mindish and who's since passed. And I started the Worcester Phoenix. Yeah. And then I see while you were hanging with Steve Mindish, I was hanging with his wife, Maria Lopez, who was this very colorful, interesting first Hispanic woman in the Massachusetts bench. And she was famous for rollerblading around town. And then she got into kind of a scandal of sorts. I mean, nothing yeah. terrible, but just she lost her temper on the bench and stuff. And she got her own reality she, show for yeah. chatting and gossipy in restaurants when you really can't afford to be that when you're a judge. It, yeah, exactly. So she was but, but well, awesome people. I mean, yeah. just, you know, I, I mean, I worked in an office when people still smoked cigarettes and we had <laughs> one, you know, computer. It, it was really pretty cool. And then I, was fortunate enough to be able to create and launch at 27 years old Stuff at Night magazine. Which oh, come on. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Stephen let me run that. And all he said is, don't lose me any goddamn money. <laughs> and I didn't. I, we made profit right away out of the first year. And then I did that for a long time. And I used to I- work with a, sorry to keep interrupting you, Kristen, yeah. but I, I used to work with a very talented writer named uh, Jeannie Greeley who wrote for Stuff at Night. Don't know if you crossed paths. You know Jeannie? She's the best. Shout out Jeannie. I hope she, I'll send this to her so she listens to it. I'll force her to. <laughs> but she wrote a column called, I think it was called Sex at Night. It was the sex column. It was, you know, this was, you know, kind of, it was a hip, racy m- magazine that you guys put out. I loved it. 
And she was fantastic. She, I remember her writing about how she went to Vegas and fell in love with a stripper. She happened to be gay, Jeannie. Just hilarious wit and just a cool person. Anyway, so. So anyway, I, I love that. Then went to work for WBCN, which I loved and, you know, r- ran the sales side for them for five years. And then I went to work for. Wait, I have to interrupt you and ask you about somebody I know at WBCN. This is terrible. Did you cross paths with Chachi Lopret, I hope? Of course. I worked with Chachi for five years. What a great guy. He's, awesome human being. Oh, he's the sweet, sweetest guy in the world. We produce this podcast here. Get back to the Beatles. He'll never get away from the Beatles. Okay. I'm really going to let you talk this time. Go ahead. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's a long story. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and then, then went to, let's see, work for the Globe, which was the worst experience of my life. Mm. I, you can understand, well... Having, I was brought in as a change agent, but they really didn't want to hear what they needed to change. They still don't, sadly, but it was an interesting ride. And then I started my own company for a little while. And I worked with some people you probably know in the podcast world too, Jake Brennan, who you know is, is amazing, and Jay Sweet, who is the producer of the Newport Folk Festival. And we created really like the first iteration of what Boston Calling is now. Oh, called- okay. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and then I, then I, you know, I went to Boston Magazine, mm-hmm. and I had my daughter, and spent a, a good amount of time there. And then I realized, geez, this industry's in trouble, mm. and I wasn't getting any younger, despite appearances. I know I'm. Oh yes, kind of like, kind of like Benjamin Button. You do. You would. Day. I mean, really, and you appear to be younger than from when we first started the podcast about. Um, <laughs> About nine minutes ago, and, yes. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I just said, you know, I got to get out of here. What am I going to do? And my sister is a big wig in tech. And she's like, you got to get into tech. And I'm like, I don't know how to turn on an African computer. I'm not mm. getting into tech. And she's like, no, Kristen, seriously, you need to do something that, you know, is content driven on the tech side, something like that. So I ended up getting recruited to go work for uh, Grapevine. In Grapevine at the time was run by Grant Deacon, who runs Unstack now. He's a great guy. And um, they were in the process of being acquired by a publicly traded company. And as such, they needed sales leadership. So he brought me in to actually monetize and sell the business model to big brands. So we had a little run at that. It was great. And then he exited out and they made me the CEO. And as I was kind of realizing, just like the magazine world, we were just reliant on brand revenue. So, you know, God forbid Coca-Cola dries up and doesn't launch a new product the following year. And you're up against those numbers. You know the drill. You're stuck holding the bag of you know what. And how do you control that? So I thought, you know, we have over 170,000 influencers on our platform. Why don't we create what I call a trust economy where we empower entrepreneurial influencers and partner with emerging brands to create our own dynamic marketplace, which Mm -hmm. we call Grapevine Shops. Mm -hmm. And Grapevine Shops is quite simply, I would say like the opposite, the anti-Amazon. You've got uh, two women founders that are single moms running the the company. We only want to work with brands that we believe in. So we actually curate, select, and go after the brands that we want on shops. 
you have to fit a few filters and it's not that we won't work with, you know, traditional type of brands, but the ones that get in first are minority owned, mission driven, women founded, women owned, and that are doing something good for, you know, they're giving back or they're creating a brand that is best in class. A few examples would be, you know, working with Ming Tsai in the launch of his new healthy Ming's Bings, which you know, he's positioning as a healthy shoot. It's what was that? What what was that pocket? The The hot pocket. Yes. Thank you. Only (laughs) men know what those are. (laughs) It's a healthy hot pocket. And, you know, it's got eight superfoods in it. It's only 160 calories. It's vegan. He created it when his wife was diagnosed with cancer because Mm. there were no good fast kind of products that you could reach for that would be healthy. So, and then we work with one mighty mill who bought a farm up in uh, minus Maine and, and mills all their own wheat that they grow and are introducing products back into the, the kind of food ecosystem that we thought we couldn't eat anymore Mm. um, because they were so processed. So working with cool brands like that, my background is food and, you know, I love creating, uh, kind of community. So using my magazine background, using the influencers, you know, leveraging relationships that we have with great brands. And then we drive, you know, traffic to our community of shops. I got to check out. So sorry to interrupt you. I got to check out Ming's Bing. So Ming Tsai, the legendary culinary legend. First of all, I'm glad he's created an answer to Hot Pockets. Because there was a time in my life where I used to bring those and eat them for lunch. And that must have been the time I started questioning my place in the universe. Because hot po- they still make Hot Pockets, right? Or do they? They do. They oh, my do. God. They're evil. They're, I mean, I can't think of any. It's, it's basically I like. I don't know what's in there. It's basically like having a, a ham and cheese Pop-Tart, you know. And, but they positioned it as like this revolutionary thing with this microwave it looked kind of like a tinfoil thing, but it was microwave safe and that would make it crispy. And as someone else made the joke, the slogan should have been every bite is a different temperature because it would, it would inevitably burn your mouth and it wasn't worth it anyway. So, but so he, so I get the Ming, what's the Bing is Bing just, it rhymes. Bing, with- <laughs> is, a Bing is actually Chinese food that is, oh, it is. A, a handheld pocket. Oh, well, there you go. All right. And it's made out of rice paper. So I don't own a microwave. I never have. And these are actually, you you don't want a microwave. Wait, I don't understand. How do you make your nachos? I, I don't, you know. You don't compute. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you show off. You don't have a microwave. You're very healthy. Okay. Well, I want to check out Ming's. Oh, no, I'm not stuff. very healthy. I just think that they're evil. And like you just said, if something's not cooked all the way through, yeah. I don't know. Just not sold on the microwave. <laughs> if you're not, if you're not, if you're not sold yet, I don't think you're ever going to be sold. No, but no. yes, I've been cooking my hot dogs in them since 1979. But anyway, so give us an example other than Ming of, give us another example of a success story because it's being the anti Amazon means we're getting away from this, you know, high what high commercialized, highly commercialized place. And uh, as long as Jeff Bezos' soldiers don't Zoom bomb us during this call, I'll allow you to continue to call it anti-Amazon. But so how do you find these people? Uh, now, now I've asked you a compound question. But anyway, how, like, how do you find these people that are doing good? Yeah, so I, you know, through being a magazine publisher, I have great relationships, mm-hmm. 20 plus years in the city 
you know, I first started looking in, in my own backyard. So, you know, I've got smiling button on there, which is beautiful children's dress line. My daughter used to, when she first launched Caroline Lead, she's like 29 years old. When she first launched, she was basically right out of college and I was at Boston Magazine and I loved her dresses and I would do trunk shows for her at Boston Magazine. Mm -hmm. As soon as I launched this platform, all of the retail stores that she was in, the Barneys, the Lord and Taylor, all closed. So they didn't have, you know, the same in-store kind of sales that they were having. And it, it looks like that's never going to return. So when I talked to her, you know, I said, look, we have this marketplace where we're driving traffic. E-commerce is the way to go. She's like, oh my gosh, I need, you know, other retail distribution outlets. And so did all of these other brands and companies. Like look at Ming, you know, your restaurant's closed. What are you going to do? You got to pivot. You got to create something new and exciting. You look at One Mighty Mill, they had a, you know, a small storefront and their focus was on supermarket and retail. Well, when people weren't going out and into the supermarkets the way they used to, they need online e-commerce solutions. So we timed it. We were just at the right place at the right time. We had a good amount of luck, but we also had, you know, the foresight to say a year ago before the pandemic hit, I'm like, I'm banking that e-commerce is going to be like bigger than we ever thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. I wish I still had my shares in uh, corrugated container. Yes. I mean, gee, the, the corrugated industry has certainly been revitalized. Yes. Every kind of package box or otherwise they're doing Great. just, they're doing just fine. Yes. So, so for consumers should know that they can go to grapevine shops and just get something cool, I guess, because it, it's, as you purport, it's curated, meaning not just anyone can get on your site. So, no. so what kind of, you know, vetting process are we talking about? It looks like it, they all have to be fancy and beautiful. That's for starters, right? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, they, they don't all have to be fancy and beautiful, but they do have to deliver something that's unique. Like we're just uh, in the process of signing on uh, Zaze olive oil. And this woman's amazing. She had four boys. She waited and had a fifth girl, and uh, which you can never, like that never happens. Mm. And then she wanted her daughter to feel like this, just to understand how important she was. And she created this olive oil um, line and named it after her daughter, Zaze. And she's working with all, and her, her husband's Turkish. And the farmers are all women farmers for this olive oil. And basically in Turkey, women were not hired as farmers. They were just like pickers. And she created this, basically this economy around educating women in Turkey and using only women farmers to create this olive oil. And I just think it's such a great message. It's a terrific product. The branding's beautiful. I love her story. I love her daughter, who's like 10 years old. She's really cool, you know, and the whole kind of ethos behind it is that she really, you know, she's not going to make a fortune off this olive oil, mm -hmm. but she's created this job opportunity, this environment for women in Turkey to, you know, make a way and make a living for themselves. So, you know, that's a perfect example of a, of a, you know, a perfectly a perfect fit for us. So 
she came upon us because I did a, a radio show or a Facebook live mm-hmm. with Eric Cortez and she was watching mm-hmm. and she reached out for us. And then I had a call and, you know, it's very time consuming to find I the, imagine, yeah. the right fit, you know, but again, it's through relationships. So working with, you know, a Genoa tea who happens to have friends that make a whiskey, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Or I, you know, I know Rhonda Kalman for a long time who runs Boston Harbor Distilleries. You know, there's a whole network of women out there that are makers and doing cool things. And, you know, everybody wants to help each other out. So it's been really fun. It's time consuming though. A, wo- a woman who makes whiskey is is always okay in my book. That, that there's yes. something to that. But so are you actively looking for, like if people have a product, do they need to be already established, already selling this thing if they want to be featured on Grapevine Shop? Yeah, you got to have a few things going for you out of the gate. You have to have a Shopify account. So you have to be doing e-commerce already. We basically sync up to the individual brands, Shopify, through a back-end app. I'm not to get all technical on you, but um, so you have to be able to fulfill your products you're doing business already and you know you have to meet FDA standards those types of things so that we don't run the risk of you know running into any problems there and is your business model that you take a percentage of the sales from that's correct the, so basically we, we, yep. Yep. yeah we negotiate a wholesale price just like if i was whole foods and you know the olive oil costs $10 to make whole foods sells it for 20 the difference that you know between the wholesale and the retail we keep um, but what we do is we put, we put a big portion of that back into an advertising co-op. So we are running a lot of advertising around grapevine shops to landing pages for the brands that we carry. We also split some of that money with the influencers. So we pay our influencers that are promoting the products as well. Mm. So, you know, we're not making really much money off of the actual transaction of the the product we're growing audience we're growing a community you know so at the end of the day if i want to launch a podcast series or a cooking series i've got eyeballs i've got stickiness you know and eventually we're wait a minute you can do podcasts as well i'm going to do podcasts yes all right well, let's talk about that later. Oh, well, um, I know. We will. <laughs> so it is grapevineshops.com. I've just been browsing it, like getting hungry. The Ming's Bings look great, The the but all kinds of other things, chocolates and things. To, and then, you know, you got clothes. You got a section for kids. So very cool. Anything else specifically people should know about this when they go to the site? Well, we give 10% of our net uh, proceeds to Family Reach which is an amazing organization that I've worked with for a long time when I was at Boston Magazine, who's run by uh, Carla Tardif. And Carla is an amazing human. I just adore her. And Family Reach is an organization that is a lifeline for families struggling with the financial burden of a cancer diagnosis. And there's not one person out there that's family has not been touched in one way or another by a cancer diagnosis. And prior to meeting Carla, I didn't realize that cancer was the number one cause of bankruptcy in the United States. Wow. Would not have guessed that. Yeah. It makes sense. It makes sense. We're going through a situation with my dad now. It's not cancer, but it was pretty perilous for a while. He, He took a spill and had a spinal cord injury and, and just it's that moment of trying to plan for something that you couldn't have planned for. 
you know, yeah. and so I'm sure the same with all the folks that are helped out by your cause. It's tremendous. We are going to here play a round of good stuff. We're up against the clock a little bit here, but just uh, one more plug for Kristen and grapevineshops.com. Make sure to, to check it out. And uh, don't tell them Dave sent you because that will get you nowhere. But maybe you could tell them Kristen, Kristen sent you. Before we get to good stuff, let me remind you of what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network. Pod617.com is where you go if you want your own podcast. Is now a good time to launch a podcast? Yes. Aren't you going out of your mind at home? Well, you can start your podcast from the confines of your home. And then maybe later you'll join us in our Westwood, Massachusetts studios. But either way, Pod 617 is here to produce your podcast from start to finish. It's a great way to reach out to your network, your clients, your potential clients, your whole world. Podcasting is intimate. Once you are producing your podcast, you are in your listeners' heads, literally. And it's a great way to get your message out, your branding. Go to pod617.com to get started. Pod 617 in pod we trust all right let's play good stuff oh that's the good stuff you know Kristen, usually the guest dances to the intro to good stuff so you didn't give me a heads up you know i would have <laughs> No, that's the test and you failed, but that, but, but I kid. So as we do here, we'll recommend something to you that will maybe brighten your day, something cool to listen to, watch or consume or use or whatever. Kristen, do you have some suggestion for our listeners? Sure. And I don't, I'm not going to be shameless and plug a product on my site. Okay, good. <laughs> have you seen Godless? No. Oh no. my God. It is so godless. It's so good. It's basically a historical Western, you know, kind of like Deadwood. You remember Deadwood? Of course. That, that. Oh my God. This is better than Deadwood. It is incredible. Godless. Well, since we're here, why don't we treat our listeners to a little bit of the trailer for Godless available on Netflix and we'll see if it looks interesting, Kristen. Here we go. I tell you right now. It's okay. Good. Christ is the power in my There's only three good men. He is the power. Gone less than five minutes. It's a fearful thing to love what death can touch. Where are all the men at? Dead. Bomb took them. All of them. How has the town fared without any men around? Someone's got to look after things around here. A town full of ladies. Bang, bang. It's ripe fruit for the wicked. Bang, bang. Frank Griffin's been looking for Roy Good. He's going to kill anyone that Roy Good loves or cares about. The good people of Creed let him walk their streets. Now they don't have no streets. Bang, bang. When he finds out who's living here, bang, bang. God help you folks. Wow. Oh, I faded it down just before the F-bomb there, but, you know, that's all right. It's Netflix. Jeff Daniels crops up there in the trailer, yes. I notice. Is he like a main character? Yes. I mean, oh. the casting is incredible. I don't know if you recognize Michelle Dockery here. She was in Downton Abbey. Oh, yeah. I mean, the acting is just, it is so good. It is the best series I've seen since Deadwood. The best Western series, I guess you would say. Because, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, 
Dead, and and it seems like less f bombs per capita on this, but who knows? But that's what. Yes, Calamity dead. Jane does not make her f bombing appearance in this series. Oh but. yeah, yeah, that's what I remember about Deadwood. We used was, to count them. Do you remember that? We'd we'd have a game at our office yeah. where you would count the number of swear words in Deadwood. Yeah, the the, and, the main yeah. character the main character's name was Swearingen, and all he did was swear. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently they used to swear a lot in the old West. Well, that looks good. And I, I got to give you credit. You, I sadly watch a lot of TV and I haven't even heard of, of Godless. So I'm going to check it out. I will make a recommendation for a uh, documentary that is, it's a somber topic and it's, this doc is a little tough to watch. It's called rewind. It's on Amazon prime, but it is absolutely worth watching. I'll play a little bit of the trailer and see if you get a flavor for what it's all about. You know how you have a nightmare and you wish you could go back? I know vaguely how I got to this place, but there are pieces that are missing. Can you tell us who we have there? Who is that? Sasha was an extraordinary child. He was very interactive. He was very present. He started asking for the camera more often. I'm sorry I did something bad, okay? Why do you have all of this footage. They're happy moments. Every time I videotaped you guys, it was all that. Now, when I look at them, I see that in the background, stuff was going on. Sasha would seem withdrawn. His behavior became scary. Turn off the thing! He was completely unpredictable. Why did we come to this tree? You were expressing that something was awful and you didn't want to continue living. So that gives you a taste. So it's, it's, yeah, the filmmaker is a young man. He's probably a man of uh, about 30 years old now. And so you see him in the present day. It follows his story. And it's called Rewind because his family was one of these, kind of like my family, that just videotaped everything. And so he shot some video. His dad shot a ton of video. And it's you don't have to be a genius to figure out from the trailer that it turns out he was a victim of abuse. And he kind of relives that and discovers some things along the way. The story, it's not a total bummer. It's actually very compelling. And it has what I would call a happy ending. He turns around what happened to him. But to go back and look at some of this footage is just kind of chilling. And I don't want to spoil it for you as to kind of who the bad guys are in this story. But rewind on Amazon Prime. So I hope I haven't brought everybody down. Will you watch that for me, Kristen? I will watch it. Um, I have a hard time watching things with children, to be honest with you, like any injustice against a child. It just I can't. God, I can't handle it. But I will watch it because it does look quite. I take it you didn't get a big kick out of the Michael Jackson documentary, the the Neverland one. Did you watch that one? Yeah. You know, it's it's so hard for me because I loved Michael Jackson so much as music and just growing up with the Jackson five. And yeah, I've had a lot of conversations with my musical soulmate, my buddy Milt, who we do a, a podcast called past tense. We, we took about an hour discussing this and decided it's okay to still like his music. Yeah, okay. Good. That's because the mu- music is art. You don't, we don't remember the individual very well, but anyways, so check, so check that out. And, and make sure you check out everything Kristen has at grapevineshops.com. And you were an awesome guest. You absolutely rescued me this morning, Kristen. I hope you had a good time. I had a great time, and I look forward to talking to you a bit more, if we may, off, offline you with bet. regard to podcasting. Yes. As I say in the industry, stay on the line, Kristen, and we will have a further <laughs> conversation after the show wraps up thank you for listening to the boston podcast if you like this podcast please share with a friend subscribe on apple podcasts 
And if you want your own podcast, go to pod617.com to get started. On behalf of Kristen and Grapevine Shops, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston, but if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody.